happy Pride! Yay! Yay. <laughs> it's Pride Month, and we are so excited when Dr. Gator and I decided to join forces and uh, begin our Raising Amazing podcast. We wanted to bring together all parents. Exactly. All parents. There's so many kinds of blended families, and we want to include mm-hmm. everybody um, on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> two moms, two dads. It's Pride Month, and we're going to have some fun today. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator Warsh, board certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising, Raising Amazing. Dada. <laughs> and it's also Father's Day week. This weekend, it's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the daddies out there. And happy Father's Day to you, Dr. Gator. Thank you, thank you. It's going to be, you know, not just like we were talking about when, you know, you were at Mother's Day. I guess I'm really part of the Dad's Club now, the Father's Day. Totally the Dad Club, yeah. It counts, you know, second year. It's it's all about... uh, for sure taking responsibility as a dad right (laughs) what are you doing for father's day what are your plans i don't know if we're doing anything anything too crazy we'll probably do some family time go for a hike uh, maybe go to the beach things like that nice nice do you feel do you feel like you understand we haven't talked about your family at all (laughs) but your father more do you feel like you understand i feel like i understand so much more about my parents now that i am a parent i don't know if i understand him more but i definitely have more appreciation for all the crazy things that i probably did when i was little and all the the poopy (laughs) diapers and the the tantrums and all the things that you that come with it and then you're like oh wait a minute he dealt with that too you know and yeah so it's like and not just one kid but two siblings so you know the three of us going through that you don't really think about what your parents went through until you have a kid, and then you're like, oh, man, they didn't sleep either, probably. <laughs> no, they didn't sleep either. And I do think that, like, we thought that our parents had it all figured out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we looked at our parents like they oh, they didn't really know what they're doing, and neither do we, right? That's why we're doing this, so we can do it better. You can always learn. There's always something to learn. You know, I think that there there there's i mean there's books out there right but there's no real guidebook on on being a parent you learn as you go and everyone's done it for you know generations and generations and so we're we're no different but the more information that we have the more that we can bring together a community and and great information then and hopefully you know, it helps me it helps i know it helps you we always say that and and i think it helps every you know everybody listening and and that's also why we we wanted to talk to our guests today because we wanted to make sure especially with this month but it's important always to include all kinds of parents because there are um you know different kinds of families out there different blends of you know two dads as you said two moms uh one you know single parent home so we need to talk to all parents so that we can get perspectives from from all sides and also get information that's useful for for everybody and, and whether you you are, let's say, two dads. There's information that's going to be useful, specific to you, but it's also be really useful for anybody who who uh, is not two dads in a relationship to learn about that as well. We just don't we don't talk about it as often as we need to, and the more that we can uh, talk about uh, you know every kind of family and, and and normalize it, it just makes it very helpful for for kids. It helps for parents. Helpful for 
knowing how we can come together as a community to do a better job for the future of our kids. I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more. And like, I didn't, um, I feel like we're really lucky to live in Los Angeles uh, or where we live, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we see everything. We see ev all kinds of families, all kinds of people, and um, it's all normal here. And there are obviously places in the country and people listening where two moms and two dads aren't normal. It wasn't normal where I grew up. Like I didn't have any friends with two moms or two dads, but I know like my, but Nico's gonna have a different experience. He's mm -hmm. gonna go to school with, with uh, kids that do have two moms and two dads, and I, I love that, and that's why I'm excited about raising him here. But I, I yeah, I, I think it's important for us to, I don't know, echo everything that you just said, learn from all kinds of parents, and I'm really excited to share this beautiful love story and from these very handsome and fun fathers. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. We have Carmine Sabatella and Ryan Dallaire. They are husbands living in Pasadena, California. Carmine is a father, real estate agent, interior designer, and host of my new guilty pleasure show on HGTV, Inside Out. It's so much fun. And Ryan was in sales until he met Carmine and he joined forces with him in real estate. Um, and he is now stepdad to their teenage daughter. Welcome, Carmine and Ryan. Happy Father's Day and happy Pride Month. Thank you Thanks for having us. So a little backstory. Back when the world was normal, um, I, the world I was never to, normal. Right, it was never normal. <laughs> Once upon a time when I used to go to the gym every single day, sometimes twice a day, yeah. I met Carmine, who taught uh, the world's best spin class I have ever taken. Um, you have such beautiful, bright, just uh, energy that, um, I don't know, you're, you're addicting. We're all addicted to you. And we all had to like <laughs> sign up for class and, and um, you never canceled. But if you did, it was a big bummer. <laughs> and, um, so that's how we met. And then I've just sort of followed your journey um, via social media now. Um, because, you know, we can. And now you're the host of this new incredible show. And um, I've followed your love story, too, which is why um, you, you, you know, we're here. And uh, most importantly, you're a dad. You're yes. parents. And yeah. this is a parenting podcast. And we want to talk about raising amazing children and raising amazing children being a same-sex couple. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in our world that need to hear from you. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited. So let's just start. I, I want to take it back. You know, I saw on your Instagram a long time ago, you said, I don't know, we had a quote on there that said something like, um, I will make everything around me beautiful and that will be my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so beautiful and so inspiring because we need more people like you out there. Um, 
And then I recently watched your wedding video and I bawled my eyes out and since it's Pride Month. Um, we'd like you to share your love story, uh, share how it began, share whatever you feel because it's Pride Month. Um, anyone who's not living their authentic, you know, their authentic life from their authentic soul, um, I think people need to hear this. I mean, we both definitely have our own individual journeys of how we got to where we are today. But when we met, um, I was teaching at Equinox in West Hollywood. And I was, at the time, I think I was teaching like probably 12 wow. to 13 classes a week mm -hmm. between the West Hollywood location, the downtown location, and the Pasadena location. Um, and as Serena had mentioned, um, the classes were, were quite popular, if I... Oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, gloating. But... She said it first. <laughs> I said it first. But they were always full. Yeah, lines. yeah they, were, they were sold out and the energy was crazy good. Um, and I do want to say something before I talk about the journey. Um, you know, I would have hundreds of people come through my life every day in these classes. And there was some sort of weird, oh no, I shouldn't say weird. There was a very strong energy connection between Serena and I. And I picked up on that immediately. Like when you walked in the door, there was, you have such a, a beautiful like presence about you. Like it's just very positive. And so Serena, not only is she just stunningly gorgeous, but you walk in and it was like this, just this crazy good energy. I always loved having Serena in my class because yeah. it was just like when you have that kind of energy build up and then you multiply it by like, you know, 20 or 30 people, it's just this crazy intensity so and he would say that all the time just you know Serena like you're talking oh, well <laughs> I know that I mean, you, you could just be saying that because I invited you on the podcast I mean, but if I was your favorite student that makes me really happy no, no, no. Your second favorite. I'm just kidding. I was like if, um, if I were straight this would have been my wifey because I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much um, um well no, but, it takes but, one to know one first of all and also like you attract that right I thank you but you you would you are that, so you are attracting that. Well, I think you're right. Like, th that's a very good point in terms of, um, you know, what you put out is what you attract back. And I actually think that that's how Ryan and I met. Um, you know, we were working at Equinox. I was doing um, my classes. Ryan was actually doing sales, and he was killing it at the time. And he was really kind of like, you know, running the show for the most part there. Um, and when I had met him, at the time I was dating somebody else. And it was, you know, it was never gonna, that, that relationship was never gonna be forever. But, um, but it was an interesting situation because I had broken up with my ex-boyfriend um, and I would always see Ryan at the gym and I always thought he was just, he was so attractive and like, and the energy too, like we talked about, like he just had really good energy. Um, but I didn't know anything about him. And it was interesting because he was kind of like this mystery guy. Like I kept asking, like putting my fillers out, like, you know, do you know this guy? And nobody knew him really. Like nobody knew him. Um, nobody knew if he was gay or straight. And, you know, and honestly, by the khakis he used to wear, I would have said he was straight. I'm so from Kansas wearing my Dockers. I'm, still. Just, like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Nothing against him. He dressed like a straight guy when I met him. That's okay. Dockers um, isn't going to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> we can talk crap yeah. about Dockers. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I found myself single for a while and I had kind of recovered from the breakup. And I was, um, and I didn't know, like, you know, when you kind of, can feel somebody looking at you or checking mm -hmm. you out, especially in the gym, you know, or, or you're always kind of like 
you're admiring at the gym, right? I mean, gay, straight, whatever, male, female, somebody is attractive and they have a great body and they're working out hard, you, you can, it can catch your eye and you're like, hey, that person knows what they're doing, I wanna do that, you know, or whatever it may be. So, um, so, one, so I could never tell if he was really checking me out we would always like, I mean, I had like the first office and my, my door was completely glass. Mm -hmm. So if you're an employee, you had to walk right by to go like clock in, check in. So right. I would, we would always see each other and then kind of like lock eyes, like have a moment and then he would like continue on and I would like get back on. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is like 2014, so this is like seven plus years ago. Yeah, almost eight years ago. And at the same time, I was getting out of a relationship with my ex of like two and a half years. Right. So we were both in, in relationships that were not going to be these forever relationships, right. and we both had gotten out of them. We both recovered from it. So then um, I was clocking out one day, and Ryan's office was right across from where I would clock out. And so I clocked out, and I looked over, and I knew at that point that that was a deliberate, like, there like he was definitely looking <laughs> and, <love> it. <laughs> right and so i just kept walking and i got outside and i literally stopped in my footsteps and i'm like why am i not i'm so stupid why am i not taking advantage of the situation so i turned around i walked right back in and went right into his office and sat down and i just extended my hand and i introduced myself and he said nice. and at the time he was on a phone call which i found out later was a faux phone call he like got nervous and well, like, not, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> One moment I'm I'm very busy right now. So um, yeah. And so that's my favorite. Okay. So we sat down and we chatted and we had a really nice conversation and he actually said I was wondering like when one of us was going to um, introduce, introduce themselves. Wow. So at that point I said, you know, I had a bar at the time that I was getting ready to sell, to liquidate, to do what I'm doing now. And I told him, I'm having some friends over um, at my bar in Pasadena um, on Friday evening, kind of like as a send off, uh, like a last hurrah before we closed escrow on it. And um, and he, I said, if you want to come join us, come have a drink. I never thought, honestly, like I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I, was, I didn't think it was gonna happen either, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was excited about it, but I was still, I mean, at the time I was living with my ex, we were broken up, like living in opposite sides of the house, but it was a very, very complicated uh, situation. By the way, no judgment on any of that. Life is messy and relationships <laughs> sort of go like this. I was still married when I met, but like separated when I met Mike. So. Right. Right. That's right. another podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the long story short of it was he showed up. He called me last minute or two. I had a very clear sign that was like, go. Like it was like a very clear, because I was so back and forth. Right. Literally on the couch like an hour or so before he was like, show up. Wasn't thinking I was going to go. And then there was a clear sign to go. So I was like, I'm going. I texted him. I was like, on my way. So uh, yeah. So he shows up and we had such a great night. He met all my very close friends. They all loved him. We hit it off. Um, and then... We really hung out like very casually for quite a while. Like we were just both not in the headspace to be jumping into another relationship. Mm -hmm. So we were what each other needed at that time. Mm -hmm. And if I can jump in too. So it's around this time as well. Um, so we met like March and I ended up coming out to my parents in May. So two months later. Um, oh, so wow. I hadn't come out. So I was 28 at the time. My parents are in Kansas. I was raised. You know, very Southern Baptist, right wing. My dad was a Marine, so 
Um, I was trying to figure all this out and really didn't, I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 25. Um, so I had a lot of this going on. And so I, one of the reasons why actually I broke up with my ex is I was at a place where I was ready to come out and he just was not. Um, that was one of the factors that kind of was going into it. So, you know, I mentioned this to Carmine and he obviously had his own experience with, uh, with coming out at a, at a later time in his life, which I'm sure he'll touch on. But um, he, so I, I had to do it over the phone, unfortunately, because my parents are in Kansas, but he was the first person I called uh, a week or two into May after I, I called my parents and it didn't go well. And so I was super upset and called him, but I was just so relieved that I actually finally said the words and like yeah. it actually was real. Um, so that was a big piece of the first part of us, you know, being together is we already had that kind of like big moment that we shared and that he was, was there for me, uh, you know, during as well. And we would, we would spend our Friday nights together. Like, so that was our thing. Like he would come out on Friday, we would, rent movies, order pizza, like super cash, like hang out. And that was it. It was literally like once a week we'd hang out. And then this all happened. And I remember specifically, he left one night, one Friday, and I felt emotion that I was not expecting to feel. And I was like, Oh, God, why am I feeling this? Like, I don't want to be feeling this. Why am I missing him? This is weird. So he came over the following week and I, I was mortified. I was like, I have to tell him, cause I'm like one person that like, I just, I mean, I wear everything on my sleeve and I just talk, talk, talk. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, the ultra, the ultra. <laughs> so he walked in and I couldn't handle it. I, I had to get off my chest and I said, I have to tell you something. And I remember specifically we were in the kitchen. I was like leaning up against the kitchen counter by the sink and he was by the fridge. And I said, um, I don't want to freak you out. And he was like, oh, God. That's like, a great way to start. Yeah. Well, you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to freak you out, but. In hindsight, I shouldn't have. I'm like, just trying to eat pizza. Launched it that way. But <laughs> but I told him, I said, you know, when you left yes, when you left last week, I said, I I really missed you. And I, and I just have to be transparent with you because I don't want you. Like, you could just run the other direction right now if you need to. Like, I, but I said, I just, I, I feel like I missed you. And I feel like this is becoming a little bit more than what. I thought it was going to be on my end. And I told him, I said, if you want to leave right now, like, I don't blame you. Like, you know, I don't want you to get yourself into something that you're not ready for. And he said to me, it's funny that you said that because when I was driving home, I felt the same way. And so clearly we both had reached a point in our relationship that we were ready to say like, okay, we feel like falling in love. Yeah. And at the you're time we didn't know we were falling in love. Um, I was purposely trying not to, like, I, like my relationship that I was getting out of was not great. And so I, I very much was thinking, like at least a year, year and a half before I actually like date someone. So I kept yeah. like, that's my rule. That's my rule. Yeah. And then obviously like it got to a point where I had to choose, you know, do I go along with what I'm feeling and, and ignore that kind of rule I set for myself or do I go the other way? And I just, I felt like I had to, uh, allow myself to, to pursue, you know, I don't think love works like that. Like love, I know exactly. It doesn't. I mean, I, I think it works exactly like that. Wherever yeah. you're not looking for it, that's right. exactly when it shows exactly. up. I mean, I know exactly. Sarah always well, says that. She was like, she she got divorced as well, and she was not looking for it. And then we met actually at a LA Kings game. I was sitting beside her. <laughs> that's how I met her. But she was like very adamantly not wanting to go out on any dates or anything, and we right. ended up going out once or twice. So it, I think that is how it works. It just, it you know, if you, yeah, you want to find someone, really try not to. Yeah. <laughs> the people who are hunting for it constantly are the people who I feel have the hardest time finding it. When you're not looking for it is when it, it happens more often. And so we were not looking for it. Um, and we took everything like super slow. Like 
which is why I think it worked too. It was just a very just organic, like natural, slower progression. You know, it yes. wasn't forced. It wasn't like one sided. It felt like we were both kind of like on the same page throughout the yeah. process. Yeah. And I had I had my daughter at the time was mm -hmm. I think like eight eight, eight years old, yeah. turning nine. And so I wasn't about to bring somebody in to introduce them to my daughter without it being something serious. So I was also juggling that, like, you know, cause I have her 50% custody. So she's with me 50% of the time. So, so we worked around that for a while. And I remember it was really cute. Um, I told her one day we had been dating for, I don't know, what, like almost a year before you met her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it was, around that it was around the spring of like 2015 the next year yeah and, and i told her i said babe so i sat her down i think she was like nine and i said um i have to tell you something and i said you know dad's met somebody that he really cares about and i want you to meet him um my daughter's known i've been has no only known me gay she's never known anything other than that always mm -hmm. she's always known me and her mother to be separate and i was gay from day one so she said to me, oh, is it Ryan? And I said, <laughs> what? Girl. I said, how, how do you know who he is? She goes, dad, I'm not, I'm not dumb. She's like, I, Eight hear, years old. <laughs> I hear you talking to him on the phone and I heard his name. Well, she's stalked. She's also uh, just a little, like, like, like a little investigator. Like, a little detective. She saw she, he tagged a photo of, uh, of me like Labor Day weekend. And so she was like doing all this like, Investigating. So when I first met her, she's asking me these questions like, "Oh, I saw you were traveling with your family, oh, you know, yeah. and so and so." Like she's like, oh, like, oh. Sweet. And I'm like super nervous to, to meet her because I've never dated someone with a child, and I haven't. I mean, I was 27, 28 at the time, so I haven't really been around younger kids at the time, and I knew like the importance, obviously, of this piece of the puzzle. And right. he actually was. She made it super easy. I mean, she was like they, a little, they, little adult, yeah. they clicked from day one. Yeah, like it was immediately this connection between the two of them so um so beautiful yeah and so, so that that's oh, how sorry, go ahead. no i was just saying, so that's how it began and we dated for um four years yeah four years um before we got engaged and then we were engaged for two years before we got married and we i saw your wedding for... everybody can go to carmine's instagram we'll give you that in it later and you guys can watch their wedding video and ball your eyes out too <laughs> um so yeah fast forwarding to now you're married and now you're parenting together yes and parenting a now your daughter is 16, 16. who i've met and she's absolutely beautiful i haven't seen her in years but she's yeah. just uh, has a light like you shining she remembers you her very soul. well too she she knows exactly who you are i mentioned today she's like oh yeah serena so she she definitely she has a memory of a like an elephant i mean this girl remembers everything it also helps I was or, like, or she investigated you no joke she probably did yeah. uh, <laughs> you can't get away with anything with her like literally. she loves these like true crime shows i'm like this girl's gonna end up being like a pi or like something. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, uh, yeah so, so we've been parenting for gosh five years basically. yeah because we moved in uh together about a year a little after a year of being together mm -hmm. so then the three of us started actually cohabitating and, um, and so basically and she so oh, what is that like for you i mean I, we just to we want to normalize same-sex parents and what what is what is it like parenting it's it's tough parenting just in general and we're all just parents first right no matter right. what 
we do or who we love, like number that our kids are number one. So what is your you've been you know been your experience, um, and also just we're new parents, Dr. Gator and I. Any tips on <laughs> how to raise a sixteen-year-old? <laughs> well, yeah, that's another episode. Yeah, lots of Xanax. No, you know, I have to tell you, I have been spoiled with Gianna because she's really been a very good kid since she was a little baby. Like yeah. she really never went through the terrible twos. You know, she well, she went through like she a little like. When she turned 12, it was like... Seventh grade, guys. Seventh grade was her time. She was definitely pushing boundaries and seeing what she could get away with, but, you know, that was nipped in the bud pretty quick. You know, um... But I think, you know, fortunately for us, you know, at least the area we live in and the school that she went to, I think at one point you even asked her, you know, has anybody given you a hard time Mm -hmm. for having two dads? Mm -hmm. Um, Because friends that would be around us, like we would be around her friends and her friends' parents always... I mean, there was never a discussion. There was never like weird or not a parent that didn't want to see us or have mm-hmm. their hang with us. So we were very fortunate um, for that experience for her and for us. We've never really well, had that kind of. We live in Pasadena, which you know we don't live in West Hollywood. We we live in Pasadena, where it's a very mixed group of people. Mm-hmm. You have politically speaking, right. religion, um, you know, sexual preference. I mean, there's you have the whole gambit here. And, um, and I have to say, so before Ryan goes involved, I chose a school for Gianna that was very progressive. It's a private school, elementary, mm-hmm. but it was pr- very progressive. And I did that because I really wanted her to get herself emerged into a, a situation where um, normal. it felt normal. Great. Like it, it, yeah, and there were four alternative families in her, in her kindergarten class. There were only 20 kids in the class. That's we were one of them, and then there were three other alternative families. So I knew from that point this was going to be a good journey for her. Um, and to Ryan's point, I do I did ask her when she was like in eighth grade. I said, "Has anybody ever, you know, given you a hard time, like or made fun of you or teased you?" And she's like, "Honestly, Dad." She's like, "No." She's like, "I would tell you." She's like, "In fact, most of my friends like think you guys are great and like are, are so, so cool, cool and so fun." <laughs> um, you know, and it's not about being the cool dads. Like it's you know, it's not about that. I mean, we, we enjoy, we just have a genuinely good time. We enjoy her and we enjoy her friends. Like if somebody said you have a chance to go to a party, like, you know, in West Hollywood or Beverly Hills, or you have a chance to like have Gianna and all her friends over for like a pool party, we would choose the pool party. Like, it's just how we are. And we'll have the parents over for drinks while they're doing, you know, their thing. (laughs) I think this goes for any parent. I don't care if it's gay, straight, whatever. My recommendation, and I'm yes. not going to speak for Ryan, is you, this is a, this is a little human. It's not this infant that you have to treat like a child, like a little baby, the rest of their life. Like when you treat a child as if they're an actual human being, mm-hmm. and you don't baby talk them until they're five years old, and you don't treat them like they're a little baby, then they're going to grow up in an environment where they can adjust and they can act and and actually function as a little you know little human like and i and so gianna never like her throwing like fits and like that was never an option we don't respect her yeah i never baby talked to her i would talk to her like i'm talking to you now i never stole her childhood from her she still was a child and had a blast but i remember people would meet gianna they're like she's an old soul like she has such a 
a broad vocabulary for being seven years old. And I'm like, it's not, I didn't do anything special. I just talked to her like I would speak to anybody. Like, you know, and. Which I, that was one thing that I really, that stood out to me actually. Because um, I, I mean, I felt like maybe I had a little bit of a different kind of experience. I think that's a great approach just because there's not so much of like a shock value later on. Like it's kind of like you're understanding and you're having this kind of real and then also right. just open and honest yeah. conversation with, you know, between kid and parent from a very early stage on. So the kid isn't feeling like we're trying to shield or not be fully honest. Um, so that's kind of been a reciprocation then on her end. I feel like she has always been super honest and yes. felt like she wants and can be um, because we'll be receptive to it. We'll have like this, this kind of conversation and it's not like explosive. The doctor is nodding his head. What do you have to say about that, doctor? <laughs> no, I, I just agreeing with everything. I yeah. think that, you know, it's, it goes both ways. It's communication and relationship and it's something that, you know, it evolves and changes over the years. But at the end of the day, just like you said, you know, they are little humans and we, we have to you know respect them and treat them yeah. um, the way that we would want to be treated and, and I, I have seen just like you said a lot of parents that do treat their kids not necessarily older but treat them with respect yeah. uh, those kids do do tend to have you know better vocabularies and they just they're just a different kind of, of child and you can see it in the long run you really you can there there is a difference in styles of parenting but but that style tends to work very well for certain kinds of souls yeah. I would say yeah. like, <laughs> now too just with like social media and a lot of other factors I think it, it's important to start having those kind of more adult or like bigger kind of conversations at younger ages yeah. for these kids because well, that's been an interesting thing to navigate we've her. never ha we've never we've I've never lied to her like if it came down to telling the truth that I felt like was going to be like very aggressive kind of you know to tell her something that like maybe she was too young to be exposed to I never hid anything from her. I just figured out the way to, to approach it, you know, questions she had, things that were going on in the world around us. Like I, I, I never, we never held anything away from her and we felt like, you know, she needs to be knowledgeable. She needs to know what's going on in our world in order to grow up and it's life, be able right? to function in it and, and, and stand her ground and get through it. I mean, look, we, we all have to get through it. And, not that easy all the time. Um, well, I'm trying to create this like false sense of like everything's good all the time yeah. is I don't think great either because then when they do get out into the real world on their own, it's going to be a really, really difficult like realization. Yeah. <laughs> right now, right now we're having like right now we're having we're in a situation right now where, where some of her very best friends, parents are very good friends of ours and they're, they're straight couples and they've been coming to us going, you know, they're having a really hard time with their daughters right now because mm -hmm. their daughters are 16 and they're they're just disrespectful. They're they're angry. They're um, they are you know uh, lashing out and things like this. I mean, does Gianna have her moments? Of course. Like she'll have her she'll give attitude every now and then. But overall, the mutual respect has always been there. And and we we will literally have like we had some of our friends over for dinner, and one of the moms said, "I have to tell you, out of all of." my daughter's friends. Gianna is the most polite. She's the sweetest. She's so kind. Like she said, we'll have dinner and the girls will be over. And the one kid that comes in and helps me do the dishes is your daughter. Like, and that just makes me like so happy because 
Sometimes we have to remind her at our house though, mm -hmm. that we do that here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to do it. We'll have your friends come over. You can do it exactly. right now. <laughs> but we involve her. We travel. Does she babysit? Yes, she will be. She would love to babysit. Oh my God. Wow. Another conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be texting you. <laughs> um, she loves all of our friends. You know, she loves all of our, all the gay uncles that she has. Like she. Her gunkles? She runs with them on Instagram. Has gunkles too. And, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> She's known them all, you know, most of her life. And she really loves them all. And. Um, and we, we like to, you know, she's, she travels everywhere with us. She, you know, she, she's really fun. Well, like, so the thing, like you said, like we've also included her with like, uh, you know, our gay friends too. So she's not just seeing like gay dads, but she's seeing like our gay friends and then their marriages or their families or mm -hmm. their just walks of life too. So it's not just like us, it's, you know, and then her friends too, because we'll have our friends over and she'll have friends over. And so they'll see kind of just different, uh, you know, people in their different walks of life. I mean, can you imagine what your life would have been, Ryan, had you gotten to see some of this? Because some of, like, who she is, is because of how you raised her. I mean, yes, she she was probably born an old, beautiful soul, right? But you have raised her well, and you both are living your truth and your examples of, you know, to be a parent and be, be an example of someone who lives kindly and confidently and and is following your bliss um, is like the best thing that we can give for our kids, I think. And and, and um, you're, you're doing that. But Ryan, like if you had had this example, if you could go over to your friend's house, it, I'm just gathering this from what you said earlier about it being, you know, tough to come out to your family that you didn't have this where you're you grew up. It was, um, you know, it definitely was very difficult. I was very religious myself. Um, you know, I was going to be a virgin, so I was married, had the promise ring, and, you know, would go on these mission trips, and um, I went to a Christian college, um, and, you know, so that was a big part of who I was, and, and, mm -hmm. and people knew me as that, and, you know. And there's nothing wrong with it. Not at all, I, but I'm just making the point that, you know, part of that was learning that this was a sin, right? Um, so I was under the impression that this was, you know, something that was not okay, was very wrong, that you know you go to hell, and so it was very it was a struggle. You know, I prayed to not be this, um, and like you're, to your point, you know, there was where I was in Kansas, there really wasn't at least any openly out gay people that mm -hmm. I knew of. So I had really no example or no no one older to confide in or that I could trust to to even ask these questions. And I think also I was just so much in like denial because I couldn't accept this myself for quite some time too. So to your point, I think to be this age and to have that. Um, to see that now, like in real life, not just on TV, but like to see people happy, thriving, successful, to know that that's a possibility uh, is huge. Um, when I, I mean, you don't know how many of the kids that are coming over to your house for the pool parties that haven't come out yet that are seeing your relationship and thinking, okay, there's hope for me, you know? Um, all of my friends, yeah. all of my gay friends, like, have their coming out story, and it's hard. And to get to be able to see this relationship, not just for your daughter, but all the kids in your life. And no. you guys are so open and loving to everybody and welcoming. You know, that's, you have no idea who you're touching. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, you know, when I finally came to the terms of not being straight, the whole like, I'm gonna have a wife and have kids, like the whole vision that you have for yourself kind of dissolved. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have one anymore, which terrified me. I was like, I don't know, you know, if I'm gonna see this or if I'm gonna find this. And of course I ended up like, 
fell right in my lap. So I was very fortunate, but mm. it was scary because I didn't have that. So again, to your point, it's just nice to be able to, for, for kids to be able to see that before. I feel like we live like that total, you know, like <laughs> that Mary Ingalls, like Little House on the Prairie, like fairy tale, like what you think you're supposed to have, like this traditional, like we, we have our house with our dogs and like the picket fence and like, it's just, we're pretty typical family. We're just two men. But. I love it. Okay. Speak yeah. perfect segue <laughs> into your house. <laughs> Cause yeah. we have to talk about your show for a second. Yeah. This, your new show on HGTV called inside out. I'm, I'm not just saying this. Like I'm, it's my new guilty pleasure, and I haven't had a new guilty pleasure show since before Nico was born. Like I just haven't figured out like what else. I just haven't figured it out, and now it's your show, and Mike loves it. He's like, "Will they call me? I want to help demo." He's like, "I used to demo when I." That, that was Sarah's favorite part of everything. She loves demo. My wife. Like <laughs> I, I could, I didn't care at all. She was like, "Get the hammer." I'll give it to you. <laughs> so, um, what'd you say? What'd you say? I said demo is not my favorite part, but I'll give that to you. Well, you if Mike wants to come, you have a hand. If, if you need a yes. hand, he wants to come yeah. out. Um, no, you're so good on the show. Um, you're, you have, I'm, I mean, I just want you to come decorate my house. Um, so talk about the show for a minute. Yeah. So um, it's been four years in the works. It's been crazy. It was this funky little concept that came up over four years ago, um, I got a call from Nate Harrington, who's my producer from House 8 Media. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, um, we have this idea for this new show and it's gonna change the format for HGTV. So it's not gonna be like that move the bus show, right? Where like the people leave, we renovate and we, they come back and we surprise them. This concept was that the client was gonna have a budget and they were gonna be in the trenches with the designers the entire way through making decisions together and also let's expose the good the bad and the ugly because let's be honest i don't know any home renovation that anybody's gone through where they're like oh yeah that was easy breezy no pickups totally on budget totally on budget right always yeah we just did and i did H I did a uh, house hunters renovations we did we did an episode oh, me and my wife for our old house so that was a uh, interesting experience but i exactly get what you're saying because it's yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of times they're like they they, they gloss over the real stuff yes so <laughs> they do and and i get that for television like that makes sense but for me um it was really cool to be able to um to expose what we really do you know like seeing that things go wrong like that's normal so mm -hmm. Um, so it was a really cool concept and they had the found asbestos episode. I just watched the asbestos episode. The asbestos episode. <laughs> yes. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, the, they had found my, my Mike, my co-host, he's in Laguna beach. This is so random, but they said to him, we have to pair you up with, uh, with somebody who you have worked with before who would be good at interior design. And this girl who I went to high school with was his business partner. And that's kind of how we had linked up before casually on a few projects. Mm -hmm. And she's actually the one that said, oh my God, like you should call Carmine, he'd be great. And so it just was just a happen chance that, and then I got the call from the producers and the rest is history. 
But you've been putting it out there just, you know, in general, just manifesting that for years prior to that. Like, oh, yeah. That this was your goal. You wanted to have a show on HGTV. So I think just, you know, that was constantly front of mind for you. Since I was like so 20 I don't know if it was that 21, random, but yeah. it ended up, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, from I'm not making this up. From just being in your spin classes, I used to always think, this guy, he needs to be, like, on TV. And that's because I'm on TV. That sounds like such an obnoxious thing to say but you know you uh you you have that energy about you you're so good in the show it's so Thank fun um well, what's the future trend for home renovation I mean, we got the open concept now so what, what's next you know what? <laughs> i actually think since, since the pandemic has hit i think people are shying away from the open concept i think they want compartmentalization to some degree because people need to have their own areas you know and that's what's happening this huge trend um like 10 to 15 years ago was to open up the floor plan. Well, now all those people who opened up the floor plan who have like little babies, those little babies are now like 12 to 15 years old. And now mom and dad are like, close it up. Close it up. We need our own space. Like yeah. we don't all need to be in the same room all the time. So, so we're, we're seeing it like generationally speaking, like kind of trend out because. And also I think just um, within the last year and I think we're seeing more of this, uh, ADUs, accessory dwelling units, are almost like a must-have. So many buyers want to have like that separate space to have an exterior, yeah. you know? So not even within like the main house, but creating a separate space for like an office or a gym mm -hmm. or a yoga mm -hmm. or just like a retreat away from everybody. Dr. Like, Gator, your wife Sarah did, did something we did really that, yeah. cool. Yeah, so, yeah we had a shed that. and we turned it into an office. Amazing. Where, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's people are doing no that now they <laughs> these pop-ups that you can just, you know, like a pop-up ADU that you can buy for like $15,000 and have somebody build. It's crazy. Well, people like, will rent it out too if they want like additional income. They'll, you know, set it up like its own, you know, kitchen, bedroom situation. Like an, like an Airbnb? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like passive income for somebody. Exactly. Why not? You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, the show is so good. Um, everybody <laughs> has, has to check it out. I, I feel like it's, um, well, you, you'll see. Yes. I feel like you know that it's going well and you're going to get <laughs> It's a going lot very of... well. Um, you know, it airs every Monday um, on HGTV and now they're streaming it on Amazon Prime awesome. and they're actually like on a, several different platforms now, which is great. So now you can actually see it. If you don't have Discovery, you don't have HGTV, you can actually see it on different uh, platforms. So. That is good because a lot of people don't have TV anymore, like me. I don't have TV. I just no, have all no. the platforms. So <laughs> that had, is we good. Had to order. We had to order cable because I'm like, oh my gosh. We can't even watch our watch the show. Like we, 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 we order it. <laughs> I'm constantly like, or I shouldn't say this, like ordering and then canceling things, like you know, different networks and stuff. Like if I have a movie playing, okay. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I need to get that movie network for a minute, for a month, and then I'll cancel <laughs> it. <and then laughs> get it. Um, I do the same thing. Um, so the, Amazon's calling now. So yeah. For you and, uh, <laughs> and Apple, and <laughs> you've outed yourself there. What about that? Yeah, I know. No, I didn't actually mention any network names. But um, <laughs> you guys are amazing. Um, we're so you. grateful that you would share your story and it's so beautiful to see two beautiful daddies here with us on our special Father's Day episode. So happy Father's Day. Thank you Thank so you. much. Happy Father's uh, Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and enjoy the afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Thank for being you. here. Thank, Thank you guys. Thank Have you. a wonderful day. They're amazing. They are. I'm so happy they came on to share their story and they said yes. You know, I've known Carmine for a while and uh, met him in his spin class <laughs> and um, 
you know, I was like nervous to ask them to come on. I don't know why. I think I've said this before. I don't know why I get nervous to ask people to come on our podcast, but um, I just feel like, you know, they have an, an, an important, everybody has an important story to tell, but I'm just so happy that they shared their beautiful love story. I am um, yeah, it was. Lo- I mean, it was lovely, right? I mean, it's it's just a nice story, yeah. and it's it's always amazing to me how, you know, it, well, everybody has a story, and and you know, we don't think it's that important or that useful, or you know, we don't think that what whatever we're doing is is you know going to help somebody, or we talk about something, it's going to be mind blowing and helpful. It's like, why am I doing this? What's what's the point? But you know, yeah. everybody has a story, and everybody can be helpful to other people, and we've all lived. Um, and just even sharing our story, I think, can be helpful to somebody else. So, so you know, just in general, back to what totally, you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I just love that, like, you know, when they're talking about the barbecues and they have all their daughter's friends over mm-hmm. and, like, I mean, think about all the kids, what percentage of kids in there might be LGBTQ and struggling to come out. But they're going to see, they, they have now seen an example of a happy, happy loving, committed same-sex relationship and it's going to be their journey is going to be easier Mm -hmm. and i love that and i'm just uh, mike will say like i i i love love Mm -hmm. i'm a total romantic (laughs) so i love love and i love all love stories and i believe that love is love and um that we do need to celebrate pride and talk about it and um yeah I, i i wanted want us to have more of these conversations yeah I, I agree and also just going back to what you said earlier about you know not everyone is exposed to uh you know whether it's uh, same-sex relationships or different uh races or faiths or, or whatever it is that the more that we're exposed to the more our kids are exposed to the more normal it is to be you know whatever it is that you believe in um or whoever you are it, it just makes it a better world a happier world a more inclusive world because it's not you know, a taboo thing. It's not a different thing. It's not, you know, them or, or uh, you know, whatever race that you, you don't have in your city. It's, it's just your friend, Jimmy. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't think about it. And if you just, you know, you go over to your house and it happens to be two dads that are, are the parents, you know, at first that might be different for a child. And then it's just your friend's parents. And you don't think about it anymore. It just becomes normal. And, and I think that's, at the end of the day, really what we, you know, what everybody wants is just to to normalize whatever people find as their as their passion or whatever their life is or whatever religion or faith that they are we we just want to be treated equal exactly (laughs) i mean there's so this this is obviously it's a much bigger conversation that we don't have time to get into (laughs) and we're not going to right now but you know all the systemic racism and um, intolerance and religion and all the things happening in our country and in our world um you know that this this is a a tiny piece of that we, we want to raise kids that love everybody and are kind to everybody and so they can express themselves fully and uh, I mean the, the thought of I want Nico to be who he is and love who he loves like the thought of anybody squashing that just breaks my heart mm-hmm. yeah I agree yeah. Uh, so thanks everyone for, for listening and <laughs> hope uh... and happy Father's Day oh, thank to you. all you daddies out there <laughs> and happy Father's Day to you doctor thank you thank you have an amazing weekend have a great Father's Day everyone 
Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.